Okay, so um, here we are. My name is Diana Kaufman. I'm a college counselor in Caracas, Venezuela, and my podcast is called College Advice in Nanoseconds. And today uh, I have as my guest, Cindy McDonald, who I have followed and admired for many, many years. She has a very long bio. Uh, and I'm going to begin with what has impacted the, me the most in these past months is that she had the genius idea to have what she calls the Friday forums. So every Friday she invites very interesting people that have to do with education, that have to do with counseling, that have to do with universities. And it has been fascinating to have something that important, at least for my business, to do every Friday. So I definitely I'm thrilled with Sydney for having come up with this absolutely genius idea. Additionally, uh, I always was very surprised at how well um, Cindy has asks questions and is always right there with the with the guests. And it turns out that she's a broadcaster, so another reason to admire her tremendously. And of course, she is a um, she says, I'm a proven leader with unique experience in education and business. I am a female entrepreneur who created three successful companies and founded a thriving international nonprofit organization. She continues to say, I'm an excellent communicator, experienced in collaboration and networking. I can definitely attest to that. And of course, she's a subject matter expert with experience writing about education, careers, and college affordability. And she does teach at this moment a, the um, college counseling at, uh, remind me, university that you teach at? UCLA. I okay, teach UCLA. UCLA. So anyway. A college counseling certificate. Okay, so she uh, teaches a college counseling certificate at UCLA. So welcome, Cindy. I am thrilled to have you here. And let's hear all about you. <laughs> well, thank you, Diana. It's such a pleasure to be here. I'm very used to being on the other side and of doing the um, interviews and such. So it's, it's my pleasure to be a guest. So thank you for inviting me. Oh, well, uh, you're very welcome. As I say, I've admired you and you're, you know, so much of what I want to be and, and learn to be. So maybe you could give us a little bit more of uh, your bio and your professional life and, you know, maybe how you, you got into uh, being a college counselor. Sure. Um, one thing a lot of people don't know or understand is that I am a first generation college student. So, and, and I'm still really one of the few people in my family that have gone to college. I have one cousin who went to college and um, neither one of my parents went to college. My dad didn't even go to high school, let alone go to college. So higher education was a very foreign thing to, to our family. Um, it was something that I always wanted to do. And I always told my father, you know, I'm going to go to college. And he would always say, yes, you can do that, but I'm not going to pay for it. So I always knew that if I was going to go, I had to go on my own. And so that um, led me to a very circuitous route in college. I started out at the University of Colorado in Boulder, which was near my home. Um, I grew up in Colorado. So it was like going to the university, you know, down the street. 
and then quickly ran out of financial aid. And so I started looking around and found there was a, a college about 600 miles away. I had a friend who said, well, why don't you come and, and come visit this university or this college? And I thought, well, I can't even afford the one I'm in, let alone, how am I gonna afford the school that costs three times as much? But I had nothing to lose. I was gonna drop out of college anyway and have to work and save money until I could go back. And I didn't really wanna do that. So I went out there, it was a small liberal arts school in the middle of Missouri, central Missouri. And they said, yes, we'd love to have you. And oh, by the way, here's some money for you. And that's when I learned, oh, there's this thing called financial aid and it works different at different colleges. And if you know what it is, it can make a big difference. So that really, Diana started, I mean, I didn't know it at the time, but that really started my role, road toward being a college counselor because had my family known or I had known that financial aid, how it worked, and um, you know how it was calculated that I could have qualified for financial aid, I could have made many other decisions. So I ended up at that small liberal arts school, um, ending up marrying that friend who invited me out there. Oh, he had ulterior motives. <laughs> he had totally a hidden agenda. And so when he graduated from college, then I had to transfer. So I ended up going to three different universities experiencing a lot of different things to get my degree. But through all of that, I realized that financial aid was a big part of it. So years later, I started doing financial aid consulting. And, and then that um, turned into just general college counseling. So that's how I became a college counselor. And I always lived in the middle of nowhere. I lived in the mountains in Colorado. I live in Central Valley here in California. And so I wanted to, I knew I couldn't be the only one doing this. You know, I was trying to figure out how do I do this? What are the people doing? How do they help students find financial aid or get into college? And so I started looking around and I'm four hours from LA or four hours from San Francisco. And so I go up to either one of those places and meet with some people I found up there and we decided, okay, well, let's start an organization so that we all can do it together. And that's how we started HECA. And that's how I started HECA was, again, a need to fill a need. I mean, recognizing there was a need that needed to be filled. So, so we started a nonprofit organization and, you know, and then I've, I've started different companies and things like that. But it really, really, I mean, it really stems from, you know, families, personal experience and how important it shows how important the work we do is because we need to be able to find and show families what and especially like you there in um columbia will, will you know what do students if they no, want to i'm in venezuela right not colombia i'm in venezuela not venezuela colombia. okay yeah. you've got close it's next door no problem <laughs> <Close>. very close <laughs> But in Venezuela, if they want to come to um, the U.S., understanding what that means, you know, financially, academically, things. So that's why the work that you do is so important, because it's, there's a whole, um, you know, group of things that, that come with that. So Yeah, and, and we need to know, to know about it, and as you say, to be able to, you know, show the parents and show the students everything that's out there that's possible for them. 
you know, because like in my case, I'm not even a college graduate. I'm a self-taught person. Mm -hmm. And then of course I even, uh, for me, it's extremely important for the kids to, to get their college education because I know that even though they never use, might use what they learn in college, it gives them a fabulous platform to jump off of. And that's what I consider so important. And mm -hmm. it's probably one of the reasons why I went into college counseling, you know, cause I knew how important it was. And mm -hmm. then of course, as you say, the fact that we can guide families that probably have no idea and, and need guidance, you know, and you, and you just take them all the way through. So I, I think it's fascinating your, your story of how, you know, you did become a, a college counselor and especially the financial aid that is such an important issue. Of course, for Latin American students, we don't have that much uh, financial aid available and sometimes right. it's possible. Anyway, so that's really fascinating. Thank you very much for sharing that. And then, um, uh, of course, one of the things that you say, which is very important, is, is I especially enjoy mentoring other professionals and helping them to grow their business or practice. And that is also another fascinating aspect of what you do, Cindy. Would you like to go into that a little bit? Sure. Um, I've... You know, I, I see it kind of as a teacher role. I enjoy teaching and sharing. And so um, being able to help other professionals like yourself and other people um, and just bringing them together to learn and to share ideas and um, share best practices and, um, you know, by, by combining together, we make each other better and also makes us um, better work, you know, um, it makes us better professionals as we work with families and students as well. So I've mentored and, um, you know, coached many people over the years and, you know, written classes and have done many things that contribute to being a coach and a mentor uh, through teaching through UCLA. That's been exciting as well. I have had the privilege of meeting many people from across the world. We have students from all over Asia, Latin America, Europe take the UCLA courses. I teach one on special issues. So we talk about international, we talk about um, uh, student rights, diversity, first generation, LGBTQ, learning disabilities, which is often not as recognized in other countries and <clears throat> uh, grapple with many of those types of issues through our courts. That's an, uh, an enormous amount of, <laughs> of issues to handle for sure. And they all need attention. True. So True. thank you for that. And um, since of course we're sharing with parents and with uh, students, uh, what can do you remember most about your college years? Um, I think probably one of the most important things that I experienced when I was in college, because I did end up at three colleges, um, was doing an internship. And I think now that's more important than ever is for students to do not one, but two or three, do as many internships or job experiences, job shadows as they can. I did one, my university that I graduated from had a May term. So you just took one class in May. 
and mine was an internship and I actually worked for the state um, police academy. So it was the course that the policemen took when they were going through their training. So I helped revise the juvenile defenders curriculum and things like that. So I felt like I was making a direct contribution to, to youth, to the law enforcement and to the state. This was in Utah and it made a really big impact. It was something that really helped me to continue and go further into education and other aspects of it. So doing an internship, I think is real key. Yeah, that's really important because you're saying that you did one and you're recommending for the students to do as many as possible. And I, you know, uh, agree with you 100%. I think that really gives them that, you know, those skills to be able to go right into the, the uh, job market with experience. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a very good point. Thank you for that. Um, and who can you, can you tell me who was your best teacher or teachers and why they were so compelling? Um, that's a really good question. I was thinking about that and um, I can't talk about my high school counselor because my counselor lost my applications and actually almost kept me from going to college. So that was not a positive experience. No. But, <laughs> but, um, in high school, I joined the forensics team, so the debate team and, and the speech team, and, and that had a really big influence on me as well. So our instructor, his name was Mr. Sharp, was quite influential. He was a great role model. He taught English, but just the example that he set and helping us as teenagers to come out of our shells not be afraid, afraid of public speaking. I really believe that experience that I got in public speaking and presenting and writing speeches has really helped me throughout my whole career because I have never been afraid of doing public presentations or presenting at a conference because I got that foundation when I was in high school. So yes, um, all my classes, that was probably, and it was a club, that was probably the one that was most influential for me. That's fascinating that you should mention that because I see it with my students that when they participate in the H uh, MUM, you know, that what for the debate team for the HUM, uh, it's uh, the, um, United Nations uh, debate mm -hmm. teams. And mm -hmm. of course they have to do it in English. And so you see them beginning like very, very shy. And by the end of the experience, which is usually a two year experience, it's, it's two completely different people. I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that that for you was such an important you know, step in what you do and how well you do it. So that's, that's mm -hmm. and, and I've watched it in my students too. So that's, that's fascinating. Um, what would you recommend to the incoming first year students to university? I think to have a study plan. It's important, you know, a lot of times the students go through high schools, sometimes they're able to wing it, you know, they're able to go and, and, and it's not as challenging for them, but the more they can create good study skills and study habits while they're in high school, they'll be able to take those when, with them when they go on to college. So 
I would definitely recommend to develop and you know polish up your study skills while you're in high school. So especially as a senior, college is different. The way classes are taught is different. The way the timing is. I don't know how the timing is in Venezuela. In the US, a lot of students have their days program from you know 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. and they know exactly where they're going to be at what time. Well college is very different. So they having those study skills will help them make that transition much more successfully if they start on it early. If they wait until they get to college then then it can be a lot it'll add to their stress. They'll be much more secure and they'll have a much more successful freshman year if they have that in preparation. So that's, that's a very my... important point, Cindy, you know, that they do hone their study skills while they're in high school, because as you say, it'll make their, their first years, particularly in, in mm -hmm. college, uh, be a lot easier. And also you mentioned, which I, I really liked, is the fact that, uh, that to be prepared to find these three things, people, those you can hang out with in college, places, mm -hmm. places you will want to be, and patience, I thought that was an excellent one. Patience with yourself when you are homesick or wandering about college. And uh, Cindy mentions that this comes from a book by an author by the name of Harlan Cohen, and it's called The Naked Roommate. So I found that really fantastic uh, advice. And I have never read The Naked Roommate, so definitely gonna read it and recommend it to my to my students um, and he has Harlan has a website and these are some of the things that he recommends and he calls them the three p's people places and patience <laughs> and he he does an advice column he does ted talks so the, you, if you go to his website you'll see that he has that and he's excellent the book is excellent he's got some study guides and things like that he has online courses a student can do this all revolves around transition, you know, moving from one level or stage of your development to the other. And the more you can prepare for that, the more easily you'll ease into that. And that's where the patient comes in, Diana. You know, expect to be homesick, expect to be, um, you know, a little uncomfortable and in college, we have all these images and it's like getting married or dating, right? We have all these images of what it's going to be. And then when you get there, it may not be exactly what Hollywood portrayed it. You just have to have patience. You have to be um, just uncomfortable with that, that situation until you build your own comfort level. And you do that through finding people to hang out with, finding places where you're comfortable, where can you go get help? Don't be afraid to go ask for help in the math lab and the writing lab, places like that, because that's the more you can bring people into your team to help you be successful, the less stress you're going to have and the more you'll be able to really take advantage of that educational opportunity because you don't want to take it for granted. I mean, you know, I see that for many of my students and for myself is I did not want to, I did not take it for granted. It was a privilege for me to be there. I was very lucky to be there and I wanted to take every opportunity that I could to make it happen. And so by following these things, students will be able to do that as well. That's wonderful. Very, very, very important advice. And I really appreciate it. And I'll definitely turn my students uh, onto 
the, the naked roommate and the website and everything. And I remember now when the, that I'm thinking about it that I did read something, but many years ago and I just mm -hmm. you know never went back to it. So I definitely appreciate your pointing that out. Um, another question I have for you is what would you say to a graduating class, uh, particularly from uh, universities since you touched on so many of the, what a high school student should do when they graduate, but maybe you could mention something about once they're graduated and, and you know, uh, some advice for them? Well, and that's where the internships are really important for the graduating class because then they'll have some experiences that they can take with them. And, and that's where then they can focus on their strengths. So often it's easy for us to talk and think about all our weaknesses. I don't have job experience. I don't have this. I don't have that. But what you want to focus on is what you do have, you know, your language skills, your organizational skills, your education, those strengths that you have that you're going to bring to an employer, to a career, to graduate school, whatever your next step in your educational journey is that can really make a difference. So having that, that growth mindset where you're focusing on here's what I have and here's how I can grow will make a very big difference as, as a, either That's, for high school or college graduation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very good advice. And definitely, you know, go for those internships. Good point. Um, how do you see education evolving in the future or how would you like to see it evolve in the future? Um, I, I think, you know, now with the COVID-19, you know, across the world, a lot more people are experiencing online education. Some of it is good and some of it is not. But now a lot more, I think in the future, people will see how online education can be very beneficial. We don't have to have instruction in the traditional way. Um, I think about Minerva education is a good example of a college program that has taken a less traditional approach. They have what they call the flip classroom where students go and they really only, there is no campus. They start off as freshmen and they are in a camp, you know, on a site in San Francisco, but they do all their instruction online and then they meet with their teachers online and have discussion. Well, they've been doing that for four or five years. We're just having to do that now because of COVID-19. I've been teaching UCLA and my classes have always been online. So we've found ways to engage people, engage students. I do interviews just like you and I are doing. And then we talk about them. And so my students really enjoy it. So I see that future of online education really expanding and people looking outside the box a little bit because it's, there's a paradigm shift. We have to have a shift in what the education is. It's not stand in front of a class and give a lecture. You know, it has to be other components. And that's what COVID-19 really has focused educators on is how else can we deliver ed, you know, education or content, but in a non-traditional way. So I see some exciting opportunities where people will think outside the box and really take advantage of that. But it's going to take a little time to, to do that. But I do see online and homeschooling both expanding over the next uh, few years. 
Um, well, now that you mention it, my uh, IEC uh, certificate, I also did online with UC Irvine 11 years mm -hmm. ago. And I thought that was revolutionary. And yet what I find is that some of the students are a little bit sad because they don't have the on-campus experience. Right. And uh, do you have any opinion about the actual on-campus experience? Because of course, there's so much that does come out of the, of, you know, right. the contact and meeting people from very different countries with their very different cultures. Um, you know, you do learn so much when you do meet people. So mm -hmm. uh, how, how do you think that's going to, to impact education? Well, I'll use Minerva as another example in that after the first year where they get a foundation, they're doing online instruction, but they are still together. The students create a cohort, so they're together in San Francisco, so they are able to do social things. So they're online, but they're, they're still in the same location. But after that first year, then they travel all around the world and every semester they're in a different country in a different city. And they're also doing internships or externships at each one of those cities. So they'll be in Lisbon or they'll be in um, Rio de Janeiro or Berlin or, you know, different um, Hong Kong, you know, there's eight different cities that they go to. So, so that's where they get that experience, but they're all going together. And, and then they're also working or doing these internships as they're learning. So combining that, having the, a cohort or a group of people that, you know, that you're connected to, I see that as still very viable and a lot of students doing that. I mean, a lot of students are doing that now spontaneously, even though they're doing education online, they're like a lot of my students are still traveling to whatever city their university is. They may be doing it in their apartments, but at least they're doing it there with other friends or um, colleagues. Yep, that's a good point. The fact that you create this cohort as a freshman. And, and then, with, yeah, with the pandemic too, you're safer to have the same group of people that are sharing all that same experience instead of intermixing all the time. There's, there's plus and minuses to that. You don't get as much diversity. You don't meet as many people. You know, we'll just have to wait and see how the, what the future holds in terms of the pandemic, but they're definitely having that, that social experience is important, but maybe it's going to come at the end of the day. That's like in Germany, you know, school goes to like 1.30, students have all their instruction, and then it's when all the after school, you know, outside activities happen. And they're not really connected to school, but the students are still doing a lot of extracurricular, a lot of social interaction in those, those activities and things of that nature. So that might be part of what the college comes experience turns into. We'll have yes. to. That sounds you know, very interesting, you know, because it's, it is so, it's such an open subject that, you know, there's so many directions that it can go in. So I'm, I am uh, very uh, expectant to see in how it will turn out, you know, and I'm sure it'll be very positive, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And um, also, um, I'd like to ask you, what keeps you motivated? What keeps me motivated? Mm -hmm. I think um, people. Um, I'm very, just 
and I have a very positive, very growth mindset. I've never really thought about that until the research started coming out on that, but that keeps me motivated too. And seeing the positive directions, people helping each other right now, you know, with the whole world upside down and all the other natural disasters that are going on across the world. But you see people helping each other and working together and that that keeps me motivated for sure. That's wonderful. 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 Love that. And tell me about an aha moment. Tell me, a, tell, say that again. Tell me about an aha moment. Something oh, that an aha happened. moment. Yes. Sorry. I didn't, uh, maybe I mispronounced no, it. <laughs> um, well, and that, and I think that, that when my aha moment was when I first left University of Colorado Boulder and and then went to that school that was three times as much and realized, oh, I could have had any other, I could have made so many more choices. Uh, it truly was a very much an aha moment. As if I had only known and my family had only known, it could have, my education could have been very, very different. So that, that was probably one of my biggest aha moments. And it's so, so much so that it brought you to all of this that you are doing and, and you know, helping students in the whole financial aid. And, you know, yes, it does sound like a very big aha moment. Wonderful. I, I just got off the phone just before we got on that I had with a student this morning and I was asking her what colleges she's looking at. She's looking for an advisor and, and she was only looking in California schools. So I asked her, well, why just California? Oh, well, I don't want to pay out of state tuition. Like, do you know you can pay it, spend less by going out of the state? She's like, I had no idea. Like, yes, here's the whole program you can take advantage of. It's called the Western Undergraduate Education Exchange and you can spend less and go to Arizona. It just opened up a whole new world for her that nobody, had, her parents didn't know, her counselor didn't tell her. You know, so those contribute to aha moments for other students later on too. That, that's exciting. What a wonderful story, you know, and how wonderful for the student to, you know, a whole new world opened up for her. That's yeah. great. Yeah, that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, tell me about a fascinating book or books that you're reading that you might uh, recommend. Uh, I have been our reading um, a lot um, because of the racial um, you know, uh, the demonstrations and all that are going on here in the U.S. So I've been reading a lot of books related to that. One's called White Fragility. Why are all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria? That's another one that I've been reading. And then I've also been reading one by a professor at Yale, I believe. And it is, um, yeah, he's at the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence, Mark Brackett, and it's Permission to Feel. Unlocking the power of emotions to help our kids, ourselves, and our society thrive. And he actually has a meter that they put together where you can put in, you know, how you're feeling and you know, what, what your level of energy is. And there's actually an app you can download and keep track of your, your emotions. Cause so often we don't give ourselves permission to feel. And it is 
when we start denying and burying it, that's when we start end up with um, emotional issues later down down the road. So, so that's another one I would highly recommend. It's Permission to Feel by Mark Brackett. Thank you very much. That's uh, both books that you mentioned, and this one, Permission to Feel. I I agree that it that it's important to you know, know our emotions so that there aren't issues, you know, down the road, no matter what age, <laughs> I have to admit, no matter what age. Now, wonderful. Thank you for that recommendation. And would you like to talk about any upcoming projects that you're planning or you're already working on and maybe you'd like to tell us about them sure. or about it? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm doing, I, one of the things that I've started is I've been at going back to that role of mentor and coach. So I have started some small mastermind groups. I'm calling them mindful coaching groups. So I've started doing that and that's been going really well. And I take on small groups of professionals and I want to expand it, Diana, beyond just college counselors to, to small business entrepreneurs, especially women, because you know, as women, we face certain obstacles and things. I certainly found that as a woman in technology, a lot of times I really had to be very um, direct and persistent in order to make my voice heard. And so I learned how to do that in a productive, positive way. And so working with groups of professionals and small groups to help bring them together. Like right now I have a group, one of my um, members is from India, you know, and then all over the, the country here in the US and, you know, other countries too. So uh, if anybody's interested in looking into the mindful coaching groups, they're listed on my website, which is cindymcdonald.com. And my name is spelled a little differently. So it's C-Y-N-D-Y McDonald, which is M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D.com. And there's a link there where people can learn a little bit more about that. And then I also offer one-on-one -on -one coaching too. So I've started doing that and that's been very exciting. I've met lots of great people and have really enjoyed starting putting those groups together. I'm hoping to, I get a lot of people asking for curriculum. Like, what do you do with students where eighth graders or ninth graders or um, different grade levels? So I'm hoping to start working on some curriculum for college counseling, for college planning for counselors too. So that's wow, a little those... longer term project. The coaching is more immediate. So I... yeah, because the coaching one you're already doing from what I understand. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's wonderful. I, I'm very interested in it. I didn't even know okay. that you were doing that. So thank yeah. you very much for yeah. sharing that. And of course, this, uh, the curriculum for college counselors sounds like a great idea because it's true. Sometimes we get a little bit you know, well, what am I going to teach them now? Or what's lacking here? How can I help more? You know, mm -hmm. so I love that. That's a wonderful mm -hmm. project. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Sydney, is there anything else that you would like to add before we, we end our wonderful, interesting, exciting <laughs> uh, <laughs> get together? Tell me, you know, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, Diana, well, first of all, I want to thank you for inviting me again. I think it's very, it was very kind and I really look forward to it and enjoy talking with you. Um, 
I, I love your, you have your pulse on what's going on in the education field all over the world. And so I think that's really important right now, especially since COVID-19 has just turned the whole world upside down and everything that we knew is all out the window this year and, you know, testing and classes and all these things are just so different and so having professionals like yourself and you know and the organizations that we belong to like HECA and IUCA and the International Association are all really key and so that's you know we're going to see I think we're going to see some consequences from this some long-term changes and shifts in college ed and oh, I'm so sorry for the interruption. <laughs> I'm sorry, could you repeat? I said I think we're going to see some changes in college um, admissions as a result of COVID-19. Yes, so we'll have yes. to wait and see what that yes. looks like. Oh, this is awful. I'm so sorry. Do not record? Uh, yes, it's, it, unfortunately, it's recording. It'll just have to come on, you know, uh, with the interruption, so... I'm so sorry. I thought that's I had turned right. my, my phone off. <laughs> oh, no. Diana, that's fine. Yes, um, yes. So I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, uh, I appreciate all of your information. I agree with you that college counseling is going to change after this uh, COVID-19. And uh, we have so much to learn, so much to uh, go forward. Um, and so... Uh, um, you know, I, I look forward to it. I look forward to the changes. Uh, sometimes I'm a little scared of them, but I appreciate all the information you have given us. I think it's very, very valuable. And uh, I also hope to have you on again sometime soon because I think there's so much that we haven't touched upon. So thank you, thank you again, Cindy. Um, uh, uh, oh, this is amazing. I can't believe this. Anyway, um, so again, thank you very, very much for coming on. I'm sorry for the interruption. And I know that everybody will enjoy our conversation very much, as much as, at least as I have. This has been wonderful. Thank you again, Cindy. Well, you're very welcome, Diana. Thank you for inviting me. It's been my pleasure and I will come back anytime, so. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye, Cindy. All right, thank take you care. Again.